Very good evening and welcome to the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast for another week. So much to catch up on from the week that was and uh, plenty coming up this weekend as well. Andrew, what's with you here tonight? Joined as always by the beard that's feared, Max Tanks. How are you, mate? Uh, well, we, this is the, just, I suppose, speaking from our perspective, we've got a long weekend gone. Yeah. We've only got one more, and then we're on a pretty dry streak. So I've been lapping up the long weekends at the moment. Yeah, they've, they've been pretty uh, full on, haven't they? And of course, um, next week if in the Longreach Regional Charleville, you get another one for show day as well. And uh, Brooke Richardson joins us uh, from Barky with a big smile on her face, uh, no doubt. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Now, last week we forgot the topic because we got so caught up yeah, in... Yeah, I just realised I did the wrong topic <laughs> afterwards. I'm like, I don't think that was the right topic. <laughs> Is it, do we have a topic tonight? I've got one, if you, if you would. It's just easy. Oh, well, you, you, you can go for our topic. Yeah, well, you, you do that one. So, the intro? Have you got the intro? I haven't got an intro. Okay, no. well, I've got the intro. I don't right. have a topic. But um, last weekend, this I had it all set up that Elon Musk bought Twitter for, yeah. for all that money, um, however many billion dollars it was. or something. And it just brought me to the to the realisation that everyone has their favoured uh, social media meme, don't, um, medium, of course. I go back to um, the early 2000s where, where MySpace was all the rage. <laughs> it was quite fun, wasn't it? You used to build up. I never got into MySpace. Oh, no. I loved it. And there was really? Bebo. And there was Bebo. <laughs> <laughs> MySpace, you could put like a song on your profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was quite fun. But anyway, we move forward to today, and there's there's a, there's a few big players out there, isn't there? Um, Brooke, I'll go to you first. Um, they don't call you Brooke Snapchat Richardson for nothing. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, one carpool, and you think you know me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit heavy on the snap. Yeah, <laughs> Snapchat. Um, yeah, you've just said it for me. I like Snapchat. It's pretty, um, pretty good. I like. I don't know. It's like, I'm pretty bad on my phone. I'll have to admit. Sometimes I can have like three conversations going at once. I'll be like texting one of my friends, and then I have another friend. She's got um, kids as well, and we seem to like if we don't have time to call each other and like actually have that like full-on conversation, we will, like, video talk over Snapchat. Um, Emma Bell's mad for it, too. We get on there and do, like, the voice recordings on oh, Snapchat in the conversation. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know why, but, um, yeah, it's good. I like um, the conversations you have with people, two going at once, and one you're doing with text messages, other with Messenger, but you've got two different conversations going with the yeah. same person. Does that ever happen to you, Maxie? Oh, all the time. <laughs> what, when you talk right, about... um. The voice recordings. Richard Turnbull loves his voice recordings. And yeah. we've got a group chat with us three, me, Andrew, and Richard, and he will just put them in for anything. And yeah. I, I really enjoy that. But my favourite uh, social media platform is um, Twitter. You love it, don't you? I do. I think you find out that much information on it. Racing Twitter is a whole new world. Like, mm. Once you get into racing Twitter, you'll never get off Twitter because it just opens your eyes to everything about it i mean if i was a jockey or a trainer or anything like that i'd never ever get on twitter because it's, it's yeah, a very toxic I environment <laughs> yeah i don't for that reason i had a bit of a suspension back in the day in in brisbane um and yeah i thought no nah, i won't go on social media i actually never did have a look at anything to do with me and then um I went on there a few years later and I was like, Jesus, I'm glad I didn't read that two years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twitter, it was Twitter and um, like these racing platforms where like they'll like put the article up and they're like, leave your comment and you just get all these mad punters like, and like, no offence to you guys, you have a bit of a 
better whatever. Like you get some that are just such like so deep in a rabbit hole, and they are savage, like <laughs> <laughs> next level. Oh yeah, well you don't get any of that on the Greater Western Queensland Racing News <laughs> podcast. We're here for the people. <laughs> We are the grandstand jockeys. <laughs> Ra- racing. What's yours? Oh, I'm Facebook. Yeah, yeah it's all I, it's all I use now. <laughs> oh, by the way, what are you into? <laughs> Do you want to know the uh, latest tweet that mentioned Brooke Richardson? Yes. Oh, right. I go for it. Well, you didn't get any uh, bad mentions after the weekend, so. Oh, good. The latest tweet was on the 24th of April is by RaceNet and it was referring to the article that Ben Dorries did on you. So, Oh, lovely. Great Ben Dorries. Yes. I was nervous those first two races at Barky. I tell you, when I got two seconds, there was high hopes for those horses. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's head to Barky where there were two features on the day, the first of which was the Pat Ogden Tree of Knowledge Cup. Echo Point was your favourite at $1.33's on in the old. Here's the closing stages with Rob Lark. Lead by a couple of lengths. Echo Point sitting pretty at that point. As around the outside of the uh, around the outside of the field, we've got Falave, the new one for the Patterson team, putting itself into the race. No innuendo, and back towards past tense, also coming to the into the race. But he's made it. She's made her move already on Echo Point. Echo Point goes up the Birdsville Cup winner, takes the lead, puts about two lengths on. No innuendo. Falave battling on well. Surprise selection back along the rails. Hasn't really moved on Echo Point. Now she gives the uh, Birdsville Cup winner one around the rump race is clear echo point outstanding takes the tree of knowledge by seven lengths on falave a nice run first start for the couldn't stable. have said it no better myself window. echo point outstanding one by five and a half lengths to falava uh, for john patterson <laughs> and uh, no innuendo in third of course the winner trained by todd austin brooke richardson in the chair and uh, brooke it was uh, nothing more than the track gallop <laughs> yeah, look, he's done it um, pretty easily, didn't he? So he had the perfect run of the race and everything worked out nicely for him and he's uh, continuing on his on the path to um, looking like he's going to win a few more, hopefully. Yeah, Maxie, he was, he was outstanding. I mean, pre-race, a thirty favourite, I suppose that's how you want to see them win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, <clears throat> I know we spoke about it off air. It's always interesting to see how runners come back from Birdsville, isn't mm. it? Um, he certainly looks like he hasn't um, taken a backward step and um, I'm sure you know something like Alpha Cup, the rich Alpha Cup, that's something that looks like could be right at his peril. He's also qualified for the McKinley Cup now as well, another pretty rich race, so he's uh, we've got plenty of options I'd expect going forward. I know the Austin camp's pretty tight-lipped with uh, what they do. Brooke, any sort of lead where they'll be going? Yeah, I actually haven't <clears throat> um, heard too much. I think there was a little conversation around um, a couple, couple different op- options, whether they go bush or, or provincial, possibly. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Look, he he hasn't missed a beat, and he's healthy and he's happy, and um, I'm sure he'll continue to be that way for a while yet. So I'll just have to sit tight too. I, I don't know much, and um, I don't go asking questions either. I just get on them in the morning and and do my job. <laughs> yeah, it's always the safe bet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Long reach RSL. <laughs> Longreach RSL Club Diggers Cup was one of the other features on the card of course uh, handed over from the week before thanks to the Bar Calden Race Club Tony Alston uh, for making that happen the favourite was Star of O'Reilly he was $2.30 crunched in from an opening quote of around $3 he had 66 kilos here's the final stages with Rob Luck Uh, has the lead as they sweep down the side 
Starov O'Reilly, he just drifted back into uh, third place there because Ancient Echoes has gone up and shared the lead. They've put about two lengths on Starov O'Reilly. Has to carry the 66 kilos, this galloper. Coming around the outside is Heaven's High, Zillator back and behind them. Kettleston being revved up, taking a centre run. They straighten up and down the outside. Kettleston's coming into it, but Starov O'Reilly has gone up and taken a narrow lead. Ancient Echoes is battling back. Back in behind them is Zillator. Kettleston is coming home hard now after Star of O'Reilly. The stable mates are settling down to fight it out. Kettleston on the outside. Star of O'Reilly battling back. Kettleston, Star of O'Reilly. Kettleston, a neck. Star of O'Reilly into second. A grand performance under the big weight. That it was. It was a ding-dong go up the straight with the two stable mates, but Kettleston popped the big bib out when it counted and beat Star of O'Reilly. Uh, by a short half head on the line, it was $3.80 for Kettleston, a double for Brooke Richardson on the day, and a treble for Todd Austin, beat Star of O'Reilly, Rick McMahon, Todd Austin, and the runner Zillator was a cracker into third. Uh, Maxie, I'll go to you first. Um, we spoke about this one off air as well, and I and I actually spoke to Brooke about this off air as well. Um, Six hundred meters from home, I probably would have mortgaged the house on Kettleston. It was just trucking into it beautifully. It was. <clears throat> I found this was going to be an interesting race because I actually thought Star of O'Reilly might have been slightly slow away. I mean, like, yeah. he, he's a little bit slower away, and when he actually pinged the lids, I thought, oh. Hold on, 66 kilos here. You might be able to make a real race out of it. In the end, he did. It was um, a huge race. But I thought um, Brooks Ride on Kettleton, it was um, it was perfect. And, uh, I mean, you, like, you've won. So, you know, you can't get much better. But it was it was literally the perfect ride to, to come away after winning that occasion. Two cups on the day, Brooke. Uh, certainly a good day at the office. Yeah, not bad at all. I think um, can't complain about that. And, yeah, I was... I was probably agree with you fellas too. I knew Star of O'Reilly's probably this was the standout horse in, in the race and I thought he's um definitely had the most ability out of the bunch. But that big weight is what I was sort of relying on because um yeah, I, I do ride uh, Kettleston's work and I knew that he, he was really well prepared and he was feeling fantastic. He's just been working a treat and uh He's real happy within himself and, and bucking out of his skin so I was very confident getting on him and I knew that that Star of O'Reilly having that extra weight was probably my advantage in the race. Um, and even though Kettleston drew that little bit wide, it, it suited his racing pattern. So uh, we were able to ride him how he likes to be ridden. And, um, um, yeah, he got the win in the end, so it was a good day. Let's go back and check out the other results. Race one was the cutest maiden over 1,000 metres and stays on tour. Uh, got the chocolates. It was a late nomination for Wayne Baker and a pickup for Rick McMahon. Won pretty easily in the end. Two lengths over Stepping Stone for Shane Iverson and Brooke Richardson and Love Over Gold in third for Patrick O'Toole and David Simmons. Uh, out of the nine runners, eight of them were cutest registered. Bar the winner, Maxie, but a uh, good little win. Yeah, it was. Um, and like you said, it was the only horse that wasn't cutest registered, making a... Um a habit of that now. Actually, seeing a lot of cutest horses out here, which we keep touching on. But <clears throat> I thought this was another good ride, um, and I thought Rob's call was pretty, pretty good in here as well, referring to what happens on tour stays on tour. But uh, uh, <laughs> I think we'll probably see this be a little bit of a form race. I, I know um, Shane Iverson's too. They were pretty firm in the market, and um, we'll probably win soon. And same with Patrick O'Toole's. Race two is a nice win here by Halcyon House. It's the first leg of Todd Austin's winning treble. 
the second of Rick McMahon's winning double. And it won pretty impressively. Two lengths over Maurice Press for Shane Iverson and Brooke Richardson, which was your $1.45 favourite. And Soul Air, nice run into third for Richard Simpson and Robbie Farbeat in 2.2 lengths. Just to put in a bit of perspective here, the, the win of uh, Halcyon House was around seven lengths faster than the Maiden. So uh, got along a bit. Um, Halcyon House, a good win, Brooke. But uh, Maurice Press, any uh, news from that run? Oh, yeah, look, I, I just think with Maurice Press, it's a case of uh, sometimes I think it's harder to get a horse back in distance than it is to step them up. I think maybe she was just that little bit rock-hard fit to be dropping back in distance. Um, I think the 1,200 suits her a lot better, and she can be a bit of a funny bugger. She's um, She does lay in a bit, and you can very you can evidently see that um, <clears throat> with the footage from a TAB day. We've got great footage, so you can see she wants to get in and run around a little bit, but... um. I think it's just one of those things. And look, this Halcyon House, he'd been working a treat also. We take it in terms um, riding him work, and he's he's been working really nicely. So, um, yeah, look, I think he's he's quite a strong horse. He's definitely a really nice build and does every, and another horse that just does everything right. So, <clears throat> Yeah, okay. Race three was the first leg of a winning double for Tony Schofield, which was so impressive, and it was just that. Jason Mass missing in the pigskin. One by three and a quarter lengths at $8 odds over Zab Can for Wayne Baker and Rick McMahon. And Portabelle plugged away into third for Mark Oates and Robbie Farr. But so impressive, the first leg of a double for the Schofields. I can see Nathan smiling from here, Maxie. You were really keen on this one all week. Mm. Didn't back it, did no, you? No, I didn't. Uh, I was on the second horse, but <laughs> so impressive. I thought it was a good win, wasn't it? Um, the way it just sort of camped in there, smoking the pipe, and then uh, pounced on the straight and uh, was running away from them in the end. Uh, I know it's only 0 to 55, but I think it's going to have a few more wins in store this preparation. Second leg of Tony Schofield's winning double was in race six with Cousy Can Can uh, back in the winner's circle for the first time in this preparation. Robbie Farr with the win. Half length over Louis to the legend who found the line well for Todd Austin and Rick McMahon. And the wench, Wicked Wench, wound up in third. Uh, Todd Austin, Brooke Richardson beaten three quarters of a length. But a uh, good day for the Schofield's Brook and a real good day for the Barky Chuck trainers in general yeah that's right the barky trainers are all going well at the moment and um yeah tony's tony's kicking a lot of goals lately all horses are looking fantastic and they're racing um just as well as they look so yeah you know a bit of luck here over the barky side but um i like this horse because he can can i don't know there's something about him i think um yeah she's just they're just on fire at the moment yeah, it's great to see. And it all wrapped up in race seven, the hands and heels racing. Shout out to Kerrod and the team of Benchmark 55 over the 1,300 metres. And Rosaire was a good winner for Clint Austin and Nicky Seymour. Won by the barest of margins over the flashing Grand Palazzo. One more stride at wins for Tony uh, Schofield and Jason Misson. And another tosser uh, who ran a good race for Mark Oates and Robbie Farr in third. But Rosaire, it was probably one of the runs of the day coming out of Augustella, Maxi. Um, it lost its position and got shuffled back and then sort of flew again. And I know talking to um, Clinton earlier in the week uh, when we were stuck in Blackall, he, uh, I think he's a little bit of an opinion of this horse. He keeps his cards close to his chest though, Clinton. Well, I suppose the riding was on the board, wasn't it, when So Impressive came out and won? Um, you know, that's the same form lines there. Um, but, you know, there was, there was a big... I suppose beacon beacon over the head of Grand Palazzo. Oh, <laughs> so was there next ever. start, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Rosa. I, I think there's there's a few of these horses here that Clinton's picked up that they all seem to be look like they're gonna 
um, whack away at that level, don't they? Mm. Um, similar to the same old story, a horse that he obviously had a fair bit of success with uh, in and around the placings all the time also. So I reckon they're probably going to be pretty good little money spinners for the stable. Uh, anything to follow? Grand Palazzo. Grand Palazzo. Should have won. <laughs> I reckon you'll probably see that pop back up at Townsville, I'd reckon. Gregory Downs, obviously a washout and quick moving by uh, all involved to get the meeting to run at Mount Isa. Now, the Cup was actually, unfortunately, pulled back to just a four-horse race, the Berkshire Cup, and it's also a heat of the Outback Racing, a showcase racing heat. Uh, eight and a half thousand to winning connections. Favra, all the rage at $1.20. Let's go to Jimmy Coglin. Up as they come towards the turn. Still in front there is Rebel Salute. Now going past him is loud enough. There's level eight. And also far for the four of them. The charge of the light brigade. Here they come. Loud enough's out in front. Then level eight and Favre. And still on the inside there is Rebel Salute. But out in front it is loud enough trying. Favre coming at him. Loud enough in front. Favre still coming, but loud enough gets home. Loud enough gets home. Flashing on the outside was Favre from Yes, a boil over, a boil over indeed with Favre going down. But you've got to say, Maxie, at the hands of a wonderful old campaigner, loud enough. Uh, that was win 17 uh, with around 40 minor placings from 84 starts. Stephen Roy's owned and trained this uh, nine-year-old gelding by Benico. Four horse races, I was talking to Jay Morris yesterday and we had a bit of a chat about this race and, you know, it's hard to take form away from these races. They're so tactical and speed related and, you know, it, it, it can sort of like be a forget run. Definitely not a forget run for loud enough. He's taken the chocolates, but for Favre, you know, there can be excuses. Not only that, but it's something that we don't often see up in the eyes there is the, the claimers. Yeah. I mean, four kilos off, 61 and a half kilos, like... Loud enough, he gets into that race so well at the weights against uh, Rebel Salute and Favre. I mean, that's a better run for Rebel Salute. That's the kind of run I probably expected it to do first up. Um, but Favre also, I mean, he, he's 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 no one's going to knock the effort, are they? I mean, no. He did cop seven rating points <laughs> for his win at um, at Maxwellton, but. You know, those three there, they're, they're probably the cream of the crop there in the Isar at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, bookending the program on the day was Damien Finter and Dan Ballard. Uh, they're a, a formidable force when they're on song. And they won the first race up there with Forgotten Bow. Uh, a nice winner, actually, over Latin days by two lengths for Denise and Keith Ballard. And uh, Willie, wicked Willie, that is, finished in third for Denise Ballard and, and Jason Hoopert. But... Uh, uh, no one turns their horses out looking much better than uh, Damien Finterbrook, and he gets great results. Yeah, he does, and I, I think that's a good way to tell most of the time with your horses. That when you're looking at them in the mounting yard, um, how well they're presented and how much effort just goes into them. And when you get a handy jockey like Dan on board, that's also um, you've got a, a one-up on everyone there as well. This, and this horse is... Uh, made a good start to its preparation this season by the look, so I'm sure he'll be looking for uh, another win Next up. Race two on the card, as it's been for, <laughs> seems like the last <laughs> good day of snows, how's long? Uh, Tanya Parry trifecta in the maiden. <laughs> All the cutest money went off. This time it was with Riverside Blues, ridden by Jeffrey Felix. Five and a quarter lengths over the odds-on favourite. That's a dream. Uh, Terry Hill in the saddle of that one. Another four and three-quarter lengths away to Isis Turbo in third. And the old mate Mashani dude was scratched. <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to win a maiden. But it was all Riverside <laughs> Blues, Maxie. It was, and all three horses are cutest as well. Mm. Um, nice little payout there. But Riverside Blues, a new acquisition to the stable, first run, uh, formerly of Benny Williams, um, was 
probably less than impressive if you read its form in Townsville, but it's only getting beaten, you know, six lengths. Um, comes into a, a much easier race and gets the chocolates. Race three on the card was won by Teddy Mercury. Uh, horse I've got a little bit of time for up there, by De- uh, trained by Denise and ridden by Keith Ballard. Length of three quarters over full of fire for Stephen Royce and Jeffrey Felix. And Flash Ombre in third for Tanya Parry and Jason Hooper. But Teddy Mercury back in the winner's circle. I know they've got a fairly big opinion of this one. Brooke, it uh, actually won the race in Cloncurry Tab Day. You were on You Were My Hero uh, that particular yeah. day. And uh, he's a nice horse, this. Yeah, he really is, and I um, I think they're going to have a fair bit of fun with him by the looks. I, I don't think you could probably ask to have a better horse um, step into your stable. He hasn't really disappointed at all um, from the time he's had his first run for them, so I think he's got plenty of upside, obviously, and um, his form speaks for itself. Yeah, they're definitely going to have a bit of fun with this horse. Double for Keith Ballard on the day, teaming up with Tanya Parry in race four with Injustice. Uh, a good winner, point two of a length as the even money favourite over Liz Delight for Kerry Crow and Jason Hoopert and uh, Daylight uh, to third hope as always for Tanya Parry and Shane Nilsson. But Injustice uh, came off a, a not a bad last start run, Maxie. Um, a third behind Cato. So it was good form for a race like this. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um and, you know, a third previous to that behind Lord Greystroke in a 65 as well. So that was good form coming back to a a Class B and um, started $2 favourite deservedly and um, was able to stave off Lizard Delight for Kerry Crow. Certainly a sigh of relief for punters in race six when Deadly Diva uh, found the line and uh, went through the line well over the 1450 defeat Miss Flawless. Uh, the winner trained by Damien Finder and Dan Ballard in the saddle. Miss Flawless, Tanya Parry and Terry Hill. And uh, Myola Millie uh, ran its always honest race into third. But Deadly Diva, this preparation has started $1.70, $1.80, and uh, this time $2.80, and finally got the chocolates. Uh, another one, uh, Brooke, it's, it's versatile. It's one from 1200 to 1450 and uh, now it's got its found its feet in the dirt. I think it'll be winning a couple more. Yeah, I think so. Sometimes it just takes these horses a couple runs to get comfy and get used to the dust and the kickback and all the joys of the bush. Um, but, yeah, it looks like it's settled in nicely and it's got the monkey off its back now. So hopefully uh, you'll see a little bit of upside. Its runs haven't been too disappointing at all. So it'll be nice to see if this horse uh, works its way up there. Maxie, anything to follow from the Isa? Uh, yeah, I think that form race of that, that Berkshire Cup, I mean, um, that enough. Rebel Salute, Favre. Um, we're we're going to see those sort of horses really start to put their best hoof forward now that the um, Battle of the Bush heats are coming up. Racing this weekend, and uh, firstly, one of my favourite meetings for the year, the Oakley Amateurs, uh, Friday and Saturday up there at Corinna. And uh, you look through the nominations, uh, Max and Brooke, and you see... Uh, so many of our old favourites <laughs> <laughs> that used to go uh, around, um, like Sensational Song, you would have um, ridden it occasionally uh, in its days with T- uh, Todd Austin Brook and yeah. um, Surrenders there. Oh, yeah. they're all there, Maxie. You've got Escovito. A couple Escovito. Of, you've got a few horses in here, don't you? Escovito. Yep. Ari Gold. Yes. Uh, thin Disguise. Thin Disguise. I think you're fine. Why Sheriff Kendall, that's... Rings the bell too. Yep, um, that's now with Sam Niz, but it was formerly with Todd Austin. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dragonfire. That's it's, yeah. it's another. Oh, he'll be yeah, hard to beat. Where he starts for the Austin Stable, but Perbeck was here as well. Perbeck, yeah, that's a brother to Playtime, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Perbeck, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, this and look, it, it, it's a real socially in, um, 
couple of days up there in the bush and uh, it's a good bit of fun but uh, obviously I'll be uh, missing in action this year just on baby duty again <laughs> so, same old stories there same Everyone old just stories mentioned up so yeah Clinton did say at the end of longest last year where's Sharon Tyndall's phone number and there it is in Cam Tyndall's name <laughs> he, he did when, he, <laughs> he did go through them there's so many yeah like, uh, dragon fire there's so many familiar horses there. There, there certainly is. Um, and now we've got, uh, of course, we've got Mount Isa on Saturday at Longreach as well. Let's have a look at the Isa. Uh, 51 noms for their five races. Uh, Battle of the Bush um, qualifier up there at the Isa. Uh, Maxie, have you got one there for me? It, um, it looks a pretty good little race, doesn't it? Um, you know, it's a, it's a plate um, which is going to bring it ride into contention for horses like Raiden and Wicked Wiki, isn't it? Mm. Um, if they ride Raiden like they did at Birdsville, I think he's very hard to beat. So um, he's going to need a, a pretty strong ride. But, I mean, Craig Leotona, Wicked Wiki, they're both flying as well. Duke's County comes into this first up, all about me. It should be a cracking little race. And um, looks like some of the some of the bigger players are holding off to Colin Curry, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, think I think Jade will be on Raiden up there. Is she not riding here this nah. weekend? Oh. No, um, uh, oh, a, I thought she was heading longer. Yeah, there was a report from Mr. Luck earlier this morning um, on uh-huh. the downtown Eagle Street. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, they've got fairly good noms for the rest of the day too. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, Longreach, the Battle of the Bush qualifier on Saturday, 1,100 metres. Uh, nine to face the starter. And Maxie, there's a, there's a couple of interesting ones in here. Well, Fab's Cowboy, whenever he turns up somewhere. Uh, Awanichi, fully maxed first up. Uh, Jarhead, who I was really keen to see here in the Diggers Cups, skipped a week, and Zillator, a good run last week. Yeah, <clears throat> and obviously Zucas as well, returned to form. Awanichi, this will be his first time on dirt, Ooh. which is going to be very interesting. Um, I know, obviously, you can understand why they're coming out here. They're chasing the plate conditions now that he's, he's right up there in the weights. Um, but this is going to be a, a cracking little race as well. I can't wait to um, see how this one unfolds. It's going to be um, very interesting from a betting perspective, that's for sure. Uh, Brooke, uh, any nice rides on Saturday? Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. Um, I'll be on fully maxed in the Ooh. qualifier, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I have a lot to do with him, so I'm pretty excited to be back on his back and a few of the same owners in him that are in uh, Echo Point as well. And, um, I've, yeah, I've got a full book. I'm teamed back up with um, with Sizzle Sun for Ray Herman, so it's been a while since I've been back on him, but uh, his run last start back at Barthy was pretty impressive. So I know that he's definitely going to run the mile out. We'll just have to see if um, if he's up to scratch. But uh, yeah, a couple nice ones there that I'm looking forward to. Maxie, tonight's topic. Tonight's topic, uh, let's talk about Battle of the Bush Heats. I know we've obviously got these few ones lined up here, but I know we, we've got the big players that pop up each year and we're seeing in... I think personally, I think in the Central West and in the Northwest, there's a little bit of a changing of a guard. We're losing mm. a lot of those open horses and got some new ones coming in. Southwest, we see you know Pat Webster's few that are, are still right up there in, and putting their you know stamp on on that open sprinting company. But it'll be interesting to see obviously what comes out of the Central West and the Northwest form as they um, head towards the finals. Yeah, and and look bef- before we get into the nuts and bolts, I. I still would like to see these heats be 10000 or 12000 to the yeah. winner. Um, start spreading out some of this prize money that can only go to one horse. I think the horses that uh, do the hard yards each and every week around the country, around the Central West, 
um, need to be rewarded as well. I mean, you just just look at the sheer kilometres. It's you know all of our trainers do, and um, you know not everyone can make the trek to Brisbane, and just to be able to qualify should be a little bit more of an honour. But anyhow, that's that's like little things that probably need to. Uh, iron out as well as that maxi the the conditions do you, do you think the heats should be the same conditions of the final or do you think we should have plate races to get the better horses in i mean I, yes i'm glad you brought this up it's hard isn't it because i mean like when we get to the final it becomes so compressed anyway because of the few at the top of the yeah of the rating and, and being a quality handicap it does compress the rest of the field but <clears throat> i mean then when you you look at it it's I know we want the best horses there, so should all the heats be plates? Mm. But then if you're bringing it into the handicap conditions, it, it probably opens it up a little bit more as well. I mean, I mean if, you, if you want the best horse to win, should it be a wait for age in the final? I know that's only speculation, yeah, but if you yeah. want the best horse to win, Brooke, I hear you murmuring in the background <laughs> on the phone there. Obviously, you've got something to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think um, it can make it a little bit hard. Like, there's probably a horse here in this stable that, he, you know... They'd like to qualify with him, but we can't sort of put him in. So, you know, he couldn't start at Longreach on um, Saturday to actually, because he hasn't had enough runs in the bush. So um, I think it makes it hard if you do have a horse that's maybe a little bit newish to the stable and hasn't had those five runs under their belt yet in the bush. They can't even um, count, you know, they can't be nominated in that race in that big count as a bush as a bush run, you know. Mm. Um, I think that makes it a little bit tricky when it comes to timing and um, getting your horse ready and trying to place them. And, and, you know, when there is a race that's only an hour down the road, that's easier than and taking it across the countryside just for a bush run in, say, you know, um, a race that's not a plate weight race where it's going to carry, you know, high up in the 60s, you know. It just makes it a little bit tougher. Um, but, yeah. It is a tough one, Max, and obviously I think probably that the way it's scaled now in the plate conditions is probably the right way to do it, but but do you see, you know, what what would be your preference if you had the hat on and organising these heats and, and, and the finals conditions-wise? I do, I agree with what you say. I think you probably could get away with plates in the heats and a weight for A's in the final. I mean, the plates... It probably, you know, keeps it on a fair playing field for the heats qualifier. And then when you get to the final, it, it is the, the wait for age, I guess, opportunity. Um, I mean, we'll see the, the best horses winning. I mean, the, the, we'll see everyone on the, on the level playing field. But mm. it, it's, I mean, one of the things I would probably like to see is Queensland's, uh, I suppose, definition of a Metro win is... Probably a little bit outdated. I don't think it's been updated for something like six or seven years now, but yep. the prize money keeps <coughs> increasing in Queensland. And as a result, we're, we're probably seeing some of the horses that we could be having out here contesting some of these races. Um, it's, 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 they're not, they, they can't qualify because they've probably won, you know, that what's classified as a metro race yep. in Queensland. So uh, that's something that I'd like to see changed as well. Any big hitters? Any. Early favourites, any horses you think are just going to go straight through? Um, well, I mean, Awanichi, we would probably expect him to be a big hitter again, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's been there, he's, he's almost won it. Um, and I mean, speaking from down the southwest, uh, VJ Day, he's he's probably got to be one of the, the favourites. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't put a step wrong this prep. Yeah. Um, he finished flying last year 
and he looks like he's just going to cruise into the final there and then be ready to go. Um, you know, kept relatively on that yeah. fresher side as well. So, um, from the north, I, I think a horse like um, Favre, he, you know, if he can get the runs under his belt, he may be a horse that can contest it up there also. So, um, it, it, I think it's going to be an, an interesting year anyway, because like I said, we're, we are seeing a changing of the guard. Yeah, aren't definitely. We? And, and this is what happens every couple of years. Um, Fab's Cowboy looking to qualify for his fourth Battle of the Bush. Of course, there were a few issues last year. He didn't take his place. But, uh, you know, if, if there's, I don't know if there's a heat at Gladstone or somewhere like that, you wouldn't rule him out. No, oh, if it, he's the king of Gladstone, isn't yeah. he? I mean, like, he, got, he won layer of a 1,200 last start. I mean, yep. if there's is a heat there again, why wouldn't you go back and then qualify? Mm. I and mean, he, he absolutely loves the track. I think he holds a track record for almost every single distance. Yeah. Brooke, anything uh, you're keen on seeing from our area qualifying? Yeah, look, I think that there'll be a few um, few that'll be aiming for it, that's for sure. I think if they look at um, heading that way with Star of O'Reilly, I think just off his run here at Barcaldon with that massive weight, you know, he's he's uh, obviously got a bit of guts about him and he's got good ability as well. So I think if that's where they're pointing with him, he's going to be um, very competitive in the race. I think to see him up against BJ Day. And like you said, you've got another big, strong horse like Arwenichi. They're just, they're real classy animals. It'll be a pretty um, pretty good race. Certainly will be. Well, time to wrap things up for tonight's edition. Uh, good luck over the weekend, Brooke. We'll see you trackside in Longridge. Yes, you shall. Maxie, are you suiting up for Saturday, mate? We'll see you there. I'll make it back, as long as I don't catch COVID the next couple of days. <laughs> oh, there's, there's the <laughs> jinx. <laughs> there's the jinx. Wherever you're racing over the weekend, all the best. We'll catch you next week here on the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. 